It started out as a detective game in which you traveled through time and messed with history in search of your girlfriend. It was supposed to have dinosaurs, magic, space travel, princesses, monkeys, aliens, and more. But one by one, all these concepts fell to the wayside, and what was left became the beginning of the Fallout series, a post-apocalyptic role-playing game. Today we're going to look back at Fallout and talk about how we got from time travely detective searching game to the barren wasteland. So stick around and take this journey with us on today's trip down memory card lane. good afternoon, and or good evening. I hope these words find you well. Hello and welcome to the 111th episode of our video game nostalgia podcast, A Trip Down Memory Card Lane. Each week we'll tell you the story about one game, console, hardware, concept, just one something relevant to the current week in gaming history. While doing so, we hope to teach you something new about it, what it maybe took from the world as its inspiration, or possibly what it gave back to the world as its legacy. This week, we're going all the way back to take a look at the original Fallout, originally released for MS-DOS and Windows on October 7th, 1997. I'm David Casson, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the lonely soul who's always wandering the barren wasteland. He's my brother, Rob Casson. Rob, what's it like out there? It's barren. And there's waste everywhere. Some land, too. That's a very apt description. You you um you should tell stories. That's that's uh you paint a pretty picture. I try my best, Dave. I, that, I you, sh- you should all buy my book. What's your book? It's called The Barren Wasteland. <laughs> I thought it was going to be called The Book, but you know, that's just me. So. No, 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 that's that was the prequel. Oh, 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 got it. First the book, then The Barren Wasteland. Got it. Yes, All right, and, well. And obviously you have the end. I, um... I can't wait. I'm going to I'm sure that's on flying off of bookshelves everywhere. It sounds very interesting. So congratulations on writing a book. Thank you, sir. What um, when you're not spending your time uh, penning the next best and greatest novel in the world? Uh, how are you spending it? What have you been playing lately? Well, Dave. This week saw a little bit of Rocket League, a little bit of the Jurassic World game, and a little bit of Jedi Fallen Order. Nice. Oh yeah, fun game there. How about yourself? What have you been playing this week? I don't think I had the time to play anything but Rocket League. I'm thinking, and I don't believe any other game that wasn't Rocket League loaded up on anything of mine. So wow. Rocket League. Yeah, I'm pretty dialed into Rocket League right now. Not boring. I mean, not for me. I like it. But, you know, it's not much fun to talk about. Rocket League, Rocket League, Rocket League. 
Yeah, you hit a ball, you miss a ball. That's the game. We miss a ball more than we hit a ball. That's just us. Yeah, very true there. <laughs> Rob, you a Fallout fan? I actually have only played one of them, and I wasn't too invested in it, so I can't say that I... It's nothing against the series, but I just haven't gotten that into it myself, so... No. Well, that's no fun. Eh. So you just like wandering the wasteland, that's all. I mean... I don't think I got into enough of the cool stuff uh, to actually have gotten into the game. It was a lot of walking around a barren wasteland and nothing else, and I was kind of lacking excitement. But you like Elder Scrolls. You're a Skyrim fan. Yeah, but I find stuff very frequently. Okay, fair statement. Fair statement. Well, Fallout is a barren wasteland, and the barren wasteland got its start uh, way back in the 80s, uh, our story starts today. Way back in the 1980, actually, when Steve Jackson founded Steve Jackson Games, which is a game company that creates and publishes role-playing, board, and card games. Now, we've heard the name Steve Jackson recently. Uh, this Steve Jackson is frequently confused for the one that we talked about previously in our... We did it two weeks in a row... We didn't talk about him in our t- miniature tabletop episode, but we talked about him in whatever came after it, which was what came after uh, tabletop uh, fable. Didn't fable come after it? Because wizardry was a Dungeons and Dragons. That where we that's where we talked about miniature tabletop, and fable came after it. So we kind of talked about it because that Steve Jackson founded Lionhead Studios, which made fable. There, that now it's all coming together. If you're not sure what the hell I'm talking about, go back a few episodes. Listen to our Fable episode or Wizardry episodes. You can find them all on our website at memorycardlane.com. So moving on. Uh, this That was British Steve Jackson. This is American Steve Jackson who created Steve Jackson Games. Now, Steve Jackson Games is best known for two things. The first is a card role-playing game called Munchkin. Rob, have you ever played Munchkin? I have definitely played Munchkin, yes. Okay, so now we're now we're on to something you're, I'm assuming, a fan of? Uh, it was pretty fun to play, yeah. Okay, awesome. I own a few different Munchkin sets. I'm a yes, big, fan of, big fan of Munchkin. <clears throat> but the second and more important thing that Steve Jackson Games is best known for, the thing that is most relevant to today's conversation, is a tabletop role-playing game system called GURPS. Generic Universe Role-Playing System. And the fact that it's generic is what makes it so special. You know, prior to GURPS, pretty much all role-playing games were created for specific gaming environments. You know, Dungeons & Dragons, which we just, you know, talked about in a previous episode, as I just noted, was primarily designed for a fantasy setting. You know, and there were others that were designed for a cyberpunk setting or a Wild West setting. But GURPS was created to not be specific to any setting. Characters have very basic attributes like strength, dexterity, intelligence, health. There are a skill system that are tied to these attributes depending on what kind of game you're playing. Combat mostly uses six-sided dice. It was really designed to open up tabletop role-playing games to everyone, no matter what their interest was. You could somehow make GURPS mold to whatever story you wanted to tell. So... 
In early 1994, a game developer named Tim Kane began working on a game engine um, that was developed during his spare time, and it was based on GURPS. Now, Tim worked for Interplay and um, was working on some other games, not really important to today's conversation. Um, but like I said, in his spare time, he was working on a GURPS game engine. And around this game engine, he began to plan a video game. No surprise, his first solid idea was actually a fantasy game. That's what, you know, every role-playing guy falls back to fantasy. And it was a game in which you were a detective looking for your girlfriend who was kidnapped by a cult. And the cult sent you back in time where you would mess with history. There were dinosaurs. There was space travel. There was magic. There was princesses. Uh, the scope was epic. There was supposedly the assassination of the monkey who would evolve into humanity and mess with time. And, you know, and he he told a story that I guess it started out fantasy, but it really became more than that. There was film noir, hence detective, fantasy, sci-fi, obviously, with the, the dinosaurs, um, alternative history with the, the time travel. It was it was it was a lot. It, it sounds awesome, though, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, no, it definitely kind of does. I wish they would make that game. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot. It was a lot for any video game publisher and Interplay, whom, like I said, Tim Kane worked for. They just weren't in love with the idea because it was it was everywhere. What they did like, however, was the idea of someone involved in a save the world scenario. And from that mess, the focus was narrowed down to become a story about an alien invasion. There was going to be only one city left on Earth, and the city would be your base from which you'd battle aliens and work to rescue humanity. Also, not a not a bad story. Um, but that's not what this story became. This story became Fallout. And it changed again. That single surviving city became the vault upon which Fallout is famous for. And at this point, Tim and the few others he had recruited at the time, they decided that they wanted to do a sequel to a classic interplay game called Wasteland. Rob, have you ever stumbled across Wasteland before? I've not stumbled across that at all, Dave. So I think... I know the third one is B for sure, and I think the first remaster, they're both Game Pass games. I know Wasteland 3 is for sure, so. Um, but Wasteland, for those of you who don't know, was, um, like I said, another interplay game. It was published by Electronic Arts in 1988. It was a science fiction open world role playing game. It was set in a futuristic post-apocalyptic America that was destroyed by, no surprise, nuclear holocaust. And, um, yeah, it's it's an iconic game for its own reasons, so I'd like to save it for its own episode. I looked it up. We have it on schedule for sometime in January of next year, so it's not going to be too far away. We're going to hit that up in about three months. Um, so, yeah, so the team wanted to do a Wasteland game. 
but Electronic Arts held the license to Wasteland as a franchise, and they didn't want to license it back to Interplay to make another game. So the team was forced to ditch the concept of creating a Wasteland sequel. But they were still really dead set on a post-apocalyptic setting. But they just couldn't use the post-apocalyptic setting from Wasteland, so they had to create their own. Now, Fallout has a very unique uh, art style. It's called retrofuturistic. It's based from... It's really rooted in the atomic age from the 1950s. This... 1950s inspiration came from their lead artist, Leonard Boyarsky. Um, Boyarsky really loved the art style of all those Cold War posters from the 50s on. You know, the ones that would be like, how to protect yourself from radioactive fallout and would show like Uncle Sam holding back a mushroom cloud. You know, proper old uh, um, propaganda. You know what I'm talking about, Rob? Can't say that I do, Dave. No, you just sound a little psycho over there. Yeah, I am a little psycho over there. Um, so we had all these Cold War posters, and um, these posters inspired the team to create an alternative history for the Fallout universe, one which the Cold War turned into a nuclear war in the fifties, and they worked it around that sense of retro futurism that 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 was really you know prevalent in the fifties and and inspired uh, inspired by the posters and so on and so forth. They also took inspiration from other places. Um, It was really influenced by a very iconic 1950s science, science fiction film called forbidden planet. Um, How about forbidden planet, Rob? Any, anything? Nope. Negatory. Haven't. You you should really be ashamed of yourself because the main character, one, not the main character, but there is a, a very iconic robot called Robbie the robot in that, uh, in that, in that movie. Um, you should change that forbidden planet is, um, it's a piece of history to the science fiction genre. It was the first science fiction film to depict humans traveling in a faster than light starship that they created. It was the first science fiction film to ever be set entirely on another planet in interstellar space planet. Of course that wasn't Earth. Um, like I said, there's a robot, Robbie, the robot. It's one of the first film robots ever depicted. That was more than just a, a tin can on legs. Uh, Robbie, the robot has a very distinct personality and is, a, a, a character in the film and not just a, a robot. That's a traveling companion. Um, even outside of science fiction, it's important. It was the first film period to use an entirely electronic musical score. So it's got historical refer- uh, historical relevance to all of film. Um, but it, it's, um, yeah, it's important film. It's got a young Leslie Nielsen in it, which is pretty cool. But it's the, it's the precursor to pretty much all contemporary science fiction on film um it's an important one if you ever get a chance forbidden planet is a little film piece of history um it also took inspiration from a 1975 film called a boy and his dog they took the concept actually the design of the vaults in it you're you're kind of the most of the population lives in underground vaults to, to get away from the radioactive um, top side and the design for the vaults was inspired by a boy and his dog 
Boy and his dog um, stars Don Johnson of Miami Vice fame. And it's a weird movie. It's um, it's about a teenage boy and his telepathic dog who work together as a team in order to survive um, basically a post-apocalyptic wasteland in the southwest United States. It's it's um, it's a very mature film. Uh, the the teenage boy only thinks about two things, food and sex, and the whole movie derives around getting those things. Um, and and it's just, it's weird. It, it's, um, I don't know, it's got scenes of, honestly, rape, murder, stuff like that. So, cannibalism, that's in there too. Hmm. Um, Sounds like quite the, the film there. It's, you know what, it's interesting, but it's, it's, um... I mean, it's not for everybody. So, I mean, the whole concept of the film is him trying to find someone to like, you know, the, the main storyline involves him and a girl, basically. Um, so, yeah, so the team took all this inspiration and uh, and they worked on a game, you know, as they developed Fallout, it changed is the easiest way to put it. You know, in the beginning, they considered a first person 3D game. But they had to abandon the idea because the amount of detail they wanted to put in the game, they couldn't sustain 3D first person and detail enough for the world they wanted to build with the technology at the time. They had a really close call in 1994. Interplay acquired the licenses to a few Dungeons and Dragons franchises, uh, Forgotten Realms and Planetscape. And Interplay wanted them to shut the project down so they could move their team onto making games with those licenses. Cause they thought those licenses would be more, you know, more profitable. Somehow they managed to convince the hires up that that was an awful idea. And they saved the game at that point. Um, a couple of years later in January of 97, Diablo came out team. Once again, found itself under pressure to change. They interplay asked them to change the game to a real-time multiplayer game that was just like Diablo. The team resisted. Somehow got to continue moving on. And amongst this turmoil, a few months later, in March of 97, the team found itself at odds with Steve Jackson, the creator of GURPS. You know, he was reviewing the game, and he found it too gory, too violent, and so he pulled the license. So here, you know, a couple years in development, the team had to basically change up everything. Uh, They were basically given one week to modify and recode the, the GURP system uh, or else the sh- project was going to be shut down once that license was pulled, which they managed to do. And GURPS was modified into what's called the special system. And the team still uses special all these years later. It's, uh, it's a pretty iconic part of the Fallout franchise. Um, yeah. Um, if you've never played Fallout, I want to take a moment i'd be remiss not to mention how outstanding the writing is the series catchphrase uh hits you right in the prologue which if you don't know this has been featured in every single uh fallout game it's war war never changes tim kane you know all continued to work on the narrative this whole time you know he started out with the game engine but as the game turned into this he took on a lot of it um he hated it when the player character knows more than the player, us as the players. 
So Fallout's narrative is designed in such a way that the player and the player character learn about what's going on together. I know that sounds like a novel concept and games do it really well nowadays, but at the time that was not the case. And it was a very unique way to storytell. It was great. And then on top of storytelling, most of the quests were purposely designed with moral ambiguity. So there's no clear right or wrong solutions to how you can complete most of the quests. But one of the things is, is depending on how you do it, that the environment in which the game takes place changes and it changes the ending too. Um, yeah. So they wrote this game. They voiced it. Ron Perlman. Um, what's Ron Perlman famous for? Stuff. Yeah. The big devil guy. Can't think <laughs> of its name right now. The big devil guy. Yeah. He plays the big red devil guy. Beelzebub. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're talking about Hellraiser, Dave. Thank you. No, it's not Hellraiser, is it? Yeah, no, totally. Is it really? No. Who are you talking about? Ron Howard? No, Ron He's Perlman. Hellboy. That's what I said. You said Hellraiser. Yeah, same difference. Sure it was. Hellboy raised hell. That's that's that is correct. Uh yeah, so Ron Perlman's a narrator, very recognizable voice. It's got lots of voice acting, lots of great writing. It's a very solid story. Very, very solid story. Um, it almost wasn't Fallout, actually. Initially, it was called Vault 13, a GURPS post-nuclear role-playing game. Uh, that's a mouthful. There wasn't a whole lot of people in love with the title. Armageddon was considered at some point, but they found another project somewhere deep in Interplay that was using it. Armageddon never saw the light of day. Uh, but in the end, Interplay's president... Brian Fargo suggested the title Fallout, which here we are. So everyone was obviously on board with it. And Fallout was released to the world on October 10th, 1997, after three and a half years of development. It took about $3 million to make the game. So Woo. those of you who don't know, shame, shame. Fallout's a great game. Uh, but to fill you in, it's a post-apocalyptic role-playing game. Uh, people live in underground vaults in the wake of a nuclear disaster across the entire world. And you play as the vault dweller, an inhabitant of one of these vaults, Vault 13 to be exact, and you're tasked with scouring the wasteland to find a computer chip to fix the vault's water supply. You start the game by creating your character, you customize the stats, and off you go into the wasteland, you meet various people, you do lots of things with, for them, you gotta fix the water supply within 150 in-game days, that's really the only guideline to the game, but there's lots of stories around it, the story keeps going after you fix the water supply, um, and yeah, um, you, you, you meet people, you recruit companions, you save the world, or you don't, you know, you can save people, you can murder them, it's completely up to you, but, um, the way they designed the ending is however you played the game, it all comes back to bite you or not at the end, which is kind of cool. I didn't play Fallout when it first came out in 97. I think when Fallout came out, I was so into Diablo, it wasn't even funny. But I did get into the franchise later when Fallout 3 came out, which is an amazing game if you've never played it. And at the, that point, I was able to take the time to go back and play these first couple Fallout games. And I will say they're they're fantastic games. They have aged a little bit. And there are ways in which 
you know, they show their age, but one they don't sh- where they don't show their age is where you, what you can never change is a great story. And this first Fallout and its sequel Fallout 2 before the series went 3D are fantastic stories. So if you're ever looking for a good way to kill some hours and and dive into a, a nice alternative history, Fallout is a well, it's a fantastic choice. I, I love them. I really do. I'm a Fallout fan, so I'm a Fallout fan. I'm going to lie. I think they're fantastic. And later on when the series went 3D, I think it only made it better. But that's just me. All right, Rob, that's what I think about Fallout. Since you didn't play it, you don't have an opinion. I mean, but, not of the original, you know. No. Which one did you play? Uh, New Vegas, actually. Oh, that one is fucking solid. And see, I just couldn't get into it. That's yeah. what everyone says. Everyone says that's like one of the best ones before it 4 is. came out. Yeah. And I just, I, when I played it, like I said, I got, I must have just been in a shit area because I encountered nothing. I walked to some buildings, nothing happened. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, New Vegas is solid, 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 solid. It was, um, it's definitely one of the better ones. It's also made by a different team than some of the others, and that, that accounts for why people... You either have a really love or hate relationship with New Vegas, depending on how you feel about it compared to the others. That's um, hmm. a good one. New Vegas is a good one. I, um, I, I'm I one of those who I don't love it as much as I love Fallout 3. I think Fallout 3 was the one for me. I didn't like 4 as much as 3, and um, I, could, I could definitely leave the current... If they they have an online multiplayer one now called Fallout seventy six. I don't have any interest in that one, mm. but yeah, they're great. But enough about the later series. Let's go back to Fallout. What did other people think about Fallout in the beginning? Well, Dave, as always, we'll go ahead and kick it off with our critic reviews. And starting with that, we have Computer Games Magazine, who says that for anyone with an interest in complex, combat heavy, lovingly produced RPGs, Fallout is a must buy. In an age where many are predicting the death of traditional RPGs at the hands of multiplayer extravaganzas, Fallout's a glowing example of the genre. One which positively radiates quality. Fallout. It's da bomb. It, it is da bomb. Uh, yeah, it, it radiates that quality. Get it? Fallout jokes. Aha, aha, aha. <laughs> Good one. Ah, and next up for Critic Reviews Day, we have GameSpot, who mentions that the past several years haven't exactly been kind to role-playing game fans. Very few role-playing games have been released since 1993, and those that have made it to retail shelves have largely been unsuccessful at combining playability and originality with the complexity that role-playing game fans love. The release of Blizzard Entertainment's action role-playing game hybrid Diablo in early 1997 only increased role-playing gamers' anticipation for an equally playable game in a more elaborate, detailed world. After a four-year drought, the wait is over. Fallout is one of the best role-playing games to be released in several years, and it succeeds in entertaining gamers by providing a fresh and compelling storyline, good graphics and sound, and attention to those little details that can transform a good game into a great one. The gaming world is presented from an isometric perspective 
and the graphics are detailed and extremely similar in style and quality to Origins Crusader games. A sighting bubble, which surrounds your character, ensures that you'll never lose track of objects that would otherwise be obscured as a result of the game's isometric perspective. The settings are suitably apocalyptic and ironic. Junked cars are everywhere, but the prevalent mode of transportation is a two-headed cow caravan. Music is also well done throughout the game, with each setting having its own distinct and often haunting melody. Sound effects are less memorable, but adequate. The game's interface works well once you get over the initial learning curve and master using the various cursor modes. The inventory screen, however, is somewhat awkward, as it requires you to page down a relatively narrow display in order to view everything you're carrying. They finish by saying that Fallout's detailed graphics, compelling plot, and intuitive gameplay should deservedly broaden its appeal beyond the hardcore role-playing game audience. Put simply, Fallout may be the best role-playing game to be released in years. Okay. So yes, it seems that the critics had uh, very good things to say about this one, Dave. They did. Very true. Yes. And uh, with that, we will move on to our user reviews, because those are the people that play the game not just to get paid, but they pay to play, you know? So you're going to have a little bit more of a uh, similar opinion to those that, they, that we care about, because, you know, we, we pay to play. You know? We're not we getting do. paid to play these games. No, we're definitely not. So with that, Dave, we are going to start off with Schwartz from Metacritic, who reviewed this game in 2011, but still says that Fallout is the greatest CRPG ever. You can play it for 500 hours and still discover new things. An amazing storyline, amazing characters, and amazing gameplay. So he liked it. Schwartz liked it. Schwartz did indeed like it. As did Asian, who wrote in Moby Games in the year 2004 that Fallout is indeed a huge game. With its big world, it enables players to feel just like the main characters. The game also has many quests which aren't essential, but definitely worth completing. Nice music makes it even better. However, they can't say that the sound is that good. There are thousands of lines of text which rarely appear to be boring, as players' interactions with the characters is rather big. The NPCs can act different if you're a two and a half meter tall guy or a 50 kilogram intelligent young woman. So you can play this game more than once and you may discover different quests and new NPCs, enemies, or weapons. The player is free to do everything, and so you can finish the game in a few hours if you know where to go and what to do. Fallout also has a time limit. It's rather big, but doesn't change the fact that player is limited and has to do the two main quests in a specified limit of time. They finish by saying that for RPG Maniacs, Fallout is definitely a must. Great atmosphere, logical quests, and good interactions with other characters. It does have several disadvantages. But we have to notice that the game was released in 1997, and that can explain the rather poor graphics and sound. It's true. One of the best... Oh, man. So, not only did the game react differently if you were, like, a, a nice, tall, tough guy or an intelligent young woman, there's more to that. Like, one of the special tactics is intelligence, and... All the fallouts are like this. You can actually put like zero traits into intelligence 
and so the, the your character can barely speak more than like ooh, ooh, ah, ah, like caveman talk and all the characters will react a specific way if you're an idiot too when when I when he says that you can play this so many different ways and it affects your way through like it is so beyond what you think it is just you know your intelligence and your strength and like um you know if you go around killing people people will respond to you differently like it's just there are so many different ways to experience this game it was honestly and still is to this day very amazing for a role-playing game in the mid 70s 90s mid 1970s you know what i'm saying mid 90s okay cool cool yep well dave Next, we want to hear from Dennis M. on Metacritic, who writes that Fallout has a great script, great gameplay, and great replayability. They've replayed it countless times, saying it's an absolutely excellent game. Most of all, it's fun, which a lot of games seem to miss out on these days. And last up, we do have someone who has some negative to say about the game. Really? Uh, Yeah, no, actually. Uh, Frankel Lee on Metacritic writes that the only negative aspect of this game is it's too short for an RPG this good in every way possible. So all around, it was very difficult. I, I searched and there's not a lot of bad to be said about this game. Obviously, there's some things that people dislike, but overall, it was phenomenally received. Yeah, I won a ton of awards. It was. Uh, I can't get over how good of a year 97 was. <clears throat> Like, I just can't get over. It was a, it was a really good year. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, re- it was a really good year. Diablo, Fallout, there are countless other games. We'll talk about one before the episode's up. I just can't get over how good of a year '97 was. It was a good year to be a gamer. So, but one of the games that did come out with here was Fallout. You know, it's one of the. Reviews alluded to, the critics alluded to, PC games were very much in decline during the early 90s. You know, we had all those really great ones in the 80s, many of which we've talked about on prior episodes. And uh, there was just all these years that there were no good role-playing games. And then in January of 97, we had Diablo came out, and that definitely kickstarted things. And now here in October, we had Fallout and... These two games, Fallout and Diablo, really revived the role-playing genre and gave it steam. You know, losing the GURPS license really only served to make Fallout more iconic because it showed the world that you could make a great role-playing game that wasn't set in the Dungeons & Dragons universe that's one way that Fallout is incredibly unique. It, it, it's it's a fantasy game that's not set in a typical fantasy, you know, Dungeons, Dragons, Wizards, Warriors type environment. And also, we had just got done talking, uh, you know, a little bit about it. People alluded to it. Fallout was really instrumental in its show of morality. And it was very unique in how it showed your actions actually changing the game. Um, Any modern game 
that has a system around morality can thank Fallout for laying the foundation for them. It is all so many of these games cite Fallout as one of their design inspirations. You know, the designers of World of Warcraft, uh, Elder Scrolls games like Skyrim, they've cited a Fallout for it. Uh, other games like Deus Ex, Neverwinter Nights, um, the Metro series, which is another series, a first person shooter set in post apocalyptic uh, Russia, um, that cites Fallout as um as an influence it's just fallout's one of those games that just has a, a very 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 uh it's it's like a c it's like a c just goes on and on and on and it's still around rob let's be honest we were just talking about new vegas you know new vegas uh was 2010 but there are other games in the series fallout 2 was released a year later in 98 it's a different story, but similar gameplay, but all the, um, they added a lot of quality of life improvements. Interplay would eventually go bankrupt, unfortunately, and the studio closed down, but the fallout license was bought by Bethesda. Who's the studio famous for elder scrolls like Skyrim. I just said, uh, which we've covered at another previous episode. They, brought fallout as a series uh they went back to the first person 3d that they originally wanted to do uh that was the first one to do that was fallout 3 which released in 2008 and to this day whenever someone asked me about iconic gaming moments like if there's one moment that sticks out in my mind that like wowed me took your breath away etc 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 it is the first time you walk out of the vault in Fallout 3 and the camera pans back and you just see the scope of the wasteland. That's still one of the most iconic gaming moments of all time for me personally. Um, so that was a big one. Uh, Fallout 4 came out in 2015 uh, and they brought the game series to the online multiplayer realm in 2018 with fallout 76 which i'm not a fan of i'm pretty sure fallout 76 is on game pass 2 isn't it rob do you know i could not tell you i have no idea yeah there's other games in the series there was a tactical combat game uh called fallout tactics brotherhood of steel there was a, a console specific fallout i know there are consoles like <coughs> with the later ones but there was one specifically made for the consoles in the PS2 Xbox era. It's not open world and linear like all the others. It's um, it, 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 well, it's not open world. It is linear, um, unlike all the others. That one was called Fallout Brotherhood of Steel. Um, there's a mobile uh, simulator that you could play on your phones called Fallout Shelter. Rob, you like that weird castle simulation game, don't you? Didn't you play that for a while? Where you like build your castle and have the separate rooms in the castle and things like that. Yes, I did. There's a Fallout one called Fallout Shelter. Same game, done like Fallout. Well, I might have a new game to get addicted to then. I, I played Fallout Shelter when it first came out. I really like it. Uh, and if you didn't know, they recently started filming a Fallout television series for Amazon Prime. So hmm. we're going to get graced with a Fallout TV series soon. If you go online, people leak photos of the sets. Um, They've leaked photos of the sets. It looks great. 
I hope it lives up to the hype. There's been other Fallout media, some fan-made little uh, movie short trailer. Um, Fallout's one of those series where like its its products are iconic, like Nuka Cola, and people love to do things around it. It's a it's an incredibly large cosplay series. Fallout's a, a very very important series. Lots of fans. Um, it's hard to not find stuff on Fallout. It's great. It's great. That's what I'm gonna say. It's great. Um, I'm looking forward to the TV. I hope it lives up to the hype. I really genuinely do because I think Fallout's fantastic. There's just something about a. I like alternative history stuff. Anytime someone does alternative history, I'm a big fan. But I'm a I'm a very big fan of the 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 art style they use in Fallout. There's something about that 1950s retro futuristic art style that I just I love. Those posters from that period were cool. And the way this game just takes that and runs with it. Um, I think it's so fascinating to see the way that people thought the future was going to be. You know, Rob, all those sci-fi movies of the 50s with the robot butlers and things like that. Like the stuff that mom watches, like Lost in Space and I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's what this is all around, and it's it's just fantastic. It really is fantastic. I don't think you can go wrong. You should check it out if you've never, uh, if you never have. So that's what I have to say about Fallout. Well, Dave, I do think that uh, you know it it leading or appealing to you because of the 1950s vibe and everything. It's mm-hmm. just nostalgia because it reminds you of when you were younger. Ah, 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 ah. ah. Oh man. That's um that's a good one. That's a very good one. Indubitably. So. Well, that's Fallout. I um it changed a lot, but they made it. Took three and a half years, but they made it. And um it started a very iconic series that's still successful. There will be a Fallout 5. They've already said it's gonna be a Fallout 5. But we don't know when, because they said that once they start Todd Howard, the Bethesda guy, once they finish development on the current Elder Scrolls 6, which is the one they're working on, once that one's done being developed, they will start development on Fallout 5. So we're probably like 10 years away from Fallout 5. (laughs) So, um, Well, damn, that's quite the wait. Yeah, well, it's already been seven since four. I honestly think it'll be it'll be has it, hot. has it really been that long fallout 4 came out in 2015 holy crap that's wow i didn't realize it was that long ago so um fallout 4 definitely came in 2015 and um i don't have anything against fallout 4 i really liked fallout 4 i just like fallout 3 better that's just my preference so Anyway, we have a lot of preferences. We There are a lot of games, you know, like I said, they're working on Elder Scrolls 6. We've covered an Elder Scrolls game before. We did an episode on Skyrim quite a ways back. If you'd like to check that out, you can do so by going to our website at www.memorycardlane.com. Also on our website, you can find our calendar to look at upcoming episodes. You can find our biographies. You can find a link to our Discord where we, um, I know I post Rocket League highlights. You can come and talk to us and play games with us. You can also 
find what else can they find oh link to our social media i'm on various platforms as david is wrong rob what are you into these days i am on twitch.tv forward slash f-a-t-b-o-i-r-i-p-z that is absolutely right well ladies and gents every week we like to tell you a story that is a story about a game console of concepts basically a story relevant to the current week in gaming history I make them up as I go along. Well, doing so, we hope to teach you something new. Uh, in this case, it was something new about a game. What it took from the world as its inspiration, or what it gave back to the world as its legacy. While teaching you all about this, we learn things. That's the best part about doing this week in and week out, is that we get to learn all this stuff ourselves. Um, as part of our... Um, as part of our commitment to you and to teaching you th these things, we like to acknowledge that we learn things. And we go around each week roundtable to talk about our biggest takeaways. Rob, what in the heck did you learn today? Well, Dave, considering that I haven't known a lot about this, uh, I, I learned quite a bit. Like, uh, you know, it was influenced by a fiction film, science fiction film in the 1950s. It seems to be a common theme, actually, with these older games. It does. Talk about. Um, yeah, no, that that's kind of interesting, but I think also just knowing now how popular the game series is to come to the realization that it almost wasn't a thing is kind of just a little surreal when you think about it. Well, you know, the, the first two games were certainly popular in their own respect, but I definitely think Fallout 3 brought it, you know, there were 10 years between two and three. I remember when Fallout 3 came out, there was a ton of hype. You know, 10 years is a long time for a game. I think it's not as long. I honestly don't think it's as long now um, because there's such an oversaturation of games. But um, back then it was a huge gap. And or maybe I'm just getting old and time means nothing. I don't know. But there was a huge, huge gap between, you know, two and three, 10 years. And the hype was, I mean, hype was, it was a lot of hype. Which also may contribute to why Fallout 3 is so iconic to me in my mind. Like that that moment that moment in Fallout 3 is amazing. I still think to this day it's amazing. But um I think Fallout 3 modernized the fan base. I, I don't think a lot of people who are Fallout fans nowadays may have played these original two. They're they're not like the current games in the series. Uh you know, they're not first person role-playing games they're they're top-down isometric meaning the view is kind of shifted um they're top-down isometric games they play very differently but one thing's for sure the environment is the same and the storytelling started out fantastic in the beginning and it's continued to be fantastic all the way here until the very end it it just um that's what they're good at that's what Bethesda's good at nowadays. I think with the Elder Scrolls and with Fallout, they do a fantastic job of storytelling. Um, yeah, they do a fantastic job of storytelling. Fallout's great. Modern fan base, 3D. That's what I have. That's what I have to say about that. So, well, Dave, very interesting opinion, but at the same time, kind of curious. What about you? What was your your favorite thing to learn this week? Uh, you know, I mean, you obviously have some opinions about the game, but knew about it. But uh, what was your what was your takeaway? I didn't know that it started out as this big, I don't know, time traveling opera of a game <laughs> is the best way to put it. Um, you know, I, I 
like the concept of a what detective chasing his girlfriend through time and fighting dinosaurs and assassinating monkeys and um what else uh space history magic princesses monkeys i don't know that concept just seems so fucking fascinating so um yeah i didn't know that's where fallout started and frankly i wish we could play that game too but um definitely sounds like our kind of game i don't i don't regret what this series has become and um and yeah it's fantastic so i learned all about all the changes you know absolutely all righty well rob i think that'll about do it for fallout for today um before i take it out of here is there anything you'd like to add to today's episode well dave as always i do just want to take one quick moment to say thank you so much to all of our listeners we couldn't be here without you even though we really could i mean we're going to be doing this whether you're listening or not but it makes it a lot more fun that you are so thank you yeah i just talk either way yeah that he does even if no one is listening myself included true statement i do sometimes no i'm just kidding so Awesome. Well, everyone, what he said, thank you. And um, let's move on. So, like I said, 1997 was a fucking awesome year for video games. You know, in January, we had we had um, Diablo. And here towards the end of the year, we had Fallout. And we, you know, right after 97, scooting into late 97, early 98, we have uh, our next game. It was the first in a series that's frequently considered to be the games nowadays are frequently cited as the best video games of all time. They're certainly some of the best selling video games of all time, despite only being around, you know, since the mid nineties, all the titles in a series have sold over 380 million copies, making it the fifth best selling franchise of all time. But these games, they started out very differently, kind of like Fallout. Fallout's the same way. All these first games are very different from the way we know these series and identify and play these series nowadays. So we're going to have some fun and learn about the beginning of another big franchise, uh, learning about Grand Theft Auto. We're going to look at the original Grand Theft Auto next week. It is not the game that it was originally supposed to be, not in any way, shape or form. And we're going to look at that and talk about how it went from what the design document said to how it became basically what it is now. So a whole a whole lot of fun. So join us again next week and we're going to break the law on yet another trip down memory card lane to the thing. All right.